Hello, dressage darlings, and welcome to Dressage Conversations, a podcast by the South Florida Dressage Association. My name is Stephanie. And my name is Tammy, and we are so happy you are here. In Dressage Conversations, we talk about all things surrounding the wonderful sport of dressage and how we can become better riders for ourselves and, of course, for the beautiful horses we ride. We hope each episode brings you a little bit closer to your riding dreams and makes you feel empowered to accomplish it all. Now sit back and enjoy, and let's get into today's episode. Hello, and welcome back to Dressage Conversations. Today, we are super excited to speak with equestrian physical therapist, Dr. Danielle Shugard. Danielle is a mobile physical therapist who offers in-saddle assessments for equestrians and is also the co-author of Body Conditioning for Horse and Rider. Danielle, we're so happy to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much. I'm really excited to be on with you guys. This is one of my favorite things is to kind of talk about riders and how we can move our bodies better to help our horses move better. So thanks for having me. Of course. So tell us a little bit more about your business, DCS Physical Therapy, and also how did you even think of combining equestrian sport with physical therapy? Yeah. So I went to college um, in Boston. I went to Northeastern University. I got my doctorate in physical therapy and I thought I was going to just go the traditional PT route. I was going to work in a clinic. I was going to work in a hospital. And um, for the first couple of years of my career, I did that. Um, I have ridden horses since I was young. I um, primarily do hunter jumper, but as I'm getting older, I'm dabbling into things where the horse's feet stay on the ground a little bit more. And I also stay on the ground a little bit more. Um, So when I left school, um, I started in a subacute nursing facility um, and I was riding horses like most of us um, uh, at night and on the weekends. Um, And then I had as a physical therapist, you kind of get this wonderful training on how your body moves through space and how you can help people become more aware of where their asymmetries are and where they could strengthen things better. Or um, sometimes people don't even realize that they're crooked until you point it out. Um, And so that had kind of been transitioning into my life at the barn as well, right? Not that I would give people lessons, but I would say to my friends like, hey, you know, you're dropping your left shoulder when you do the sleeve change or, you know, just FYI, this is what's happening. Um, And when COVID hit, um, I had been working at an outpatient facility and they were supposed to close for two weeks, like most places in the world in 2020 were supposed to close for two weeks. Um, And then I ended up not having a job to go back to after those two weeks. So my husband and I kind of regrouped and went, well, what now? Um, And so I was given this really fantastic, he was wonderful and said, well, why don't you go try it? Go do it. So I took the time while everything was kind of closed down. I got my Franklin Ball certification, which is a whole nother kind of really popular in Europe. Um, But it's all this idea of how to use these balls to give you increased neurofeedback. And that's this whole program designed for riders. So that was pretty neat to have. Um, And I just started talking to the equestrian world because I had a lot of nice connections. I grew up in New Jersey. I had been riding since I was little. I had a bunch of different friends who were now trainers and people that I knew. Um, And so I just kind of started rolling up to people's barns. I bought a a PT table and I took my stuff with me and um, it's been wonderful. It's been, this is my favorite thing. I always say I have the best time at work because I get to go hang out with ponies and I get to hang out with riders. I get to use what I 
know as a physical therapist and it's been awesome. So that's kind of how I backed my way into having this wonderful, wonderful job. So it's been fun. That's so amazing. Can you talk to us a little bit more about the Franklin Balls? That's something that I've always been so excited to hear and and like interested in learning a little bit more about. Yeah. So they have a whole, it started as for dancers. Um, And so the guy, I'm remiss, I don't know his name, but his last name is Franklin. Um, And he came up with this um, idea that these balls can help increase your proprioception on an area. Um, So by increasing the feedback, um, it increases your body's attention to that spot. Um, So it can help in a lot of different ways. It can help relax a tight muscle or it can help bring attention to a muscle that might be a little bit needing to activate a little bit more. Um, So I had kind of been looking on the Internet, looking on Instagram and, you know, we had a lot of spare time in our hands Um, (laughs) and it looked like something that was really, really cool. So they have a whole section where they talk about it just for riders. So they do um, in the saddle stuff. So there's all these different um, size balls and color balls and density balls. There's some that are water filled. There's some that have spikies on them. And it kind of depends on what you're trying to get out of the, out of the rider, which one you use and where you put it. Um, I took, it was an online course because everything was online. Um, it was an online course for maybe three weekends. Um, and so I am what they call Franklin ball certified. Um, but you can take, if you're a trainer wanting to become more certified in Franklin balls, they have, um, now in-person classes kind of all over the world. Um, they have different parts of your body. Um, as a PT, I didn't know that I felt like I needed to get into the anatomy part of it as much. Um, just because I had already done that pretty extensively in school. Um, but if you're a trainer and you want more knowledge of what's going on in, in your rider's anatomy, they go really in depth into, they have all these different modules of the spine and the hips and the um, shoulders and kind of how they all work together. Um, but yeah, they're, they're a super great reference. Um, they have a lot of interesting stuff on the internet that you guys can kind of pull from. Um, but if you're wanting something specific, um, you can, they have like a trainer listing on their website where you can find people who are, are accredited through them. Um, or you can contact me and we'll figure it out. <laughs> um, there's, it's becoming more popular. When I got credit accredited, I was one of eight in the U S that were certified. Um, and I think now there's certainly double digits of people kind of becoming more aware of it and, and being more involved. So it's really cool. That's so amazing. That is so, so cool. What are like some of the most common issues that riders come to you about? Yeah. So it there's kind of two categories of riders. They'll come and they'll say, this hurts when I ride, right? Because they'll see the physical therapy side point of it. Um, and that horse people are beat up, you know, as a group between the landings, when things go wrong, caring for our horses and our horses always come first. Right. So all these mm-hmm. things, these little like nagging injuries that we didn't really address because our horse needed shoes or our, we wanted to go to a show. So we didn't go to the doctor about our ankle. Um, so that category is kind of all over the place. Um, typically you see low back pain, um, neck pain, uh, sometimes knee pain, sometimes ankle pain. Um, those are the, the big ones. And then the, the other group of people will come to me and say, I'm having a hard time learning X movement, right? So a lot of times it's, 
I'm having a hard time collecting, right? So I'm, I'm having a hard time keeping this engagement in my horse as I'm asking them to, to step less, right? A lot of times extension kind of happens, right? We just kind of send the horse forward and we find extension. Collecting is really hard because we have to use ourselves to help the horse lift, right? So if we're not aware of what our body is doing, the horse isn't going to be able to lift correctly. Um, uh, sometimes it's I'm having a hard time with the sitting trot. Um, so that we spend a lot of time with working on where you can be active and still follow your horse. Cause I think a lot of times what happens with people is we, we hold really tightly, um, trying to be in that proper position and we lose kind of the flow. So we spend a lot of time kind of talking about how you can follow your horse and still be engaged. Um, and then a lot of it too is asymmetry side to side. Right. So you learn kind of this perfect model of a person and then no one's perfect. No, not a single person is the same side to side. Even just being right handed versus left handed changes the way your shoulder girdle is as you sit, right? Because you spend, so if you're a righty, which most of us are, some of us are lefties, but most of us are righties, um, your shoulder will actually drop down on your right side because you spend so much time using it. um, And the left side will be elevated a little bit. It doesn't affect your day-to-day life, but if you are already, that's just an example of how people are already a little asymmetric. um, And if something you have an old injury or you have um, a riding habit that you picked up and never kind of addressed. Um, These things can kind of carry over, particularly as you get to the higher levels, right? People will say, oh, I have a really good lead change to the left, but my lead change to the right is a little sticky. Sometimes it's vice versa. Um, Or I'm trying to do like a counter bend and I can't figure out how to get my horse where I want it to be. so that's where the in-saddle assessment part becomes really nice because I can kind of see you guys in person. We can kind of change a couple of things and have some really nice impacts. And then we talk about what you can do outside the saddle as well. So I think common stuff, uh, asymmetries, pain, um, trying to learn a new skill and being stuck because that's where I come in a lot of times, right? If things are going really well with you and your trainer, you don't need me right? Everything's going great. We're cruising through. Everything's wonderful. Fantastic. Um, But I kind of tend to get called when things are not going as smoothly as they could be. Yeah. I've seen even on your Instagram, these pictures of like the resistance bands. Mm -hmm. How do you apply that? And I know Tammy and I, we talk about that too. We've talked about it previously. Um, And Tammy, you did this, correct? Yeah, I did. It was I mean, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wait, it was really incredible. <laughs> How are you sitting mounted on a horse with all these resistance? Like, talk to us about that. Like, that's yeah, just so yeah. interesting. So they're, the, the key for that is they're not as tight as you think they are when okay. you look at them in a picture, right? So I think when we look at these resistance bands, we think of like when we're in the gym and we put the resistance bands around our knees and we're working our glutes and these things are velcro it onto our body. Um, You you don't need a lot of resistance to create awareness, right? Mm -hmm. So, and I think Tammy can speak to this too, but 
when I put the bands on someone. And so these are, um, I use, uh, there's a lady in California who came up with these. So I bought them because I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. She created this product. It's wonderful. So I use it in my, my, my stuff that I do a lot. Um, and there's another one in, in the UK that's similar. So there's a lot of nice kind of crossbody bands out there. Um, but the idea behind them is that your, your muscles in your body don't act in isolation, right? So the, that your, we'll say left shoulder, um, the muscles in your left shoulder kind of come down across your body and then attach to muscle fibers from your right glute or your right hip. So that's kind of this X that happens on your body. And then the bands kind of mimic that. So they run from your shoulder down to your heel. Um, and they kind of create this uh, core engagement. They give you something to stretch tall into. Um, and they create this awareness of where your body is in space. And that's working on that proprioception thing, which is a really fun buzzword for increasing awareness. Um, by increasing that tactile feeling or giving you something to resist down into, it can change how your body thinks about that in space. Um, and then I created a band because I had been using just a roll of TheraBand that you would buy from Amazon because that's what I had as a PT. And I was like, well, this is silly. I'm making this for everybody. Um, so I made a band that um, it's a play on like a shoulders back brace. I don't know if this was pretty popular when I was younger, um, where it was this figure eight looking thing and you kind of put it and it was supposed to keep your shoulders back, which is mm. what they called it. Um, but I didn't love it. Um, I felt like you could kind of still round your way through it. And it wasn't actually teaching your body how to keep your shoulders back in this proper position. It was just kind of shoving you back there. And if you didn't have it on, you weren't learning anything. Um, so this band that I made actually goes across your back and then comes down to your hands so that you get this kind of engagement when you're holding your horse's reins, right? Because the idea is you're supposed to be pushing forward into contact, right? You're not supposed to be creating by pulling, which let's be honest, a lot of riders create by pulling, right? So this idea of pushing forward into the resistance band um, gives you something concrete to think about while you're trying to find this contact. Um, and then it also really makes sure that you're engaging your scapular muscles as you're working, because that's where these things are supposed to be happening from, right? Your hands are supposed to be the finesse, right? Your, your cues and your aids and all that kind of stuff should come from the back of your body and then flow through your hands and your hands just kind of fix it at the end. So um, I do a lot. Yeah, it, people, riders get really some interesting pictures when I come and I work with them. They get tied <laughs> onto the horses. They have all these different balls. They have all this, but they have a good time and the results are really good. So they have me come back. But They really are. And I can speak to that because... Um, I had Danielle come over because we were really struggling with collection um, and moving up the levels that becomes something that's really important, right? And Sonnet has really big movement and it was just really hard for me to bring her back on the spot and expect that sort of collection. And the bands were incredible. Just being able to feel what it should feel like and getting her to like collect up versus me like pulling back. And I don't think I would ever have been able to understand that concept right like we can continuously talk about it but just being able to feel it is a whole different ball game so that was really 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 interesting yeah so that's a, so much of riding is feel right and so mm -hmm. I think a lot of times um there are excellent trainers I'm not knocking a single trainer but it's really hard to explain to someone what it should feel like 
if they've never felt it before, right? So you can say, you know, you need to be pushing forward. The horse should be reaching for the bit. The horse should be moving off your leg. If you've never experienced what that feels like, how do you recreate it? It's this trial and error, right? Okay, so I'll try putting my leg on and see what happens. Okay, I'll try sticking this side on and see what happens. But the the combination of the bands and the balls and being there with you guys, you can kind of tap, it's a shortcut to the feeling of it, right? So right. then now you have this new tool to take back to your trainer and take back to your rides and go, oh, I, I remember when I had the bands on or, oh, my body remembers what it felt like to have the balls underneath and have my pelvis be level. Let's try to tap back into that. And then now you take that feeling and you apply it to your collection or you apply it to your lead change or you apply it to your bend and you have a different tool in your toolkit as a rider. So it doesn't fix all your problems in one, but it (laughs) to think about another, another tool to have. Definitely. Um, another question that we had is what are some of your favorite daily exercises riders should be doing? Yeah. So for dressage riders in particular, right, because we're trying to find this lovely long leg, right, this lovely open hip angle. Mm -hmm. Um, And the way humans are living in 2023, um, a lot of our day is spent in a flexed hip position, right? We spend Mm -hmm. it at our desks, we spend it sitting down, we spend it on our phones, we're not up and moving the way humans are designed to be moving. Um, So I feel like I spend a lot of time talking about hip flexors, I spend a lot of time talking about um, hip rotators. So in your glutes and your piriformis and all that kind of stuff. Um, So for me daily, when it happens, usually I try to do it in the morning, but mornings are sometimes a disaster at my house. So um, if I can't do it in the morning, I try to do it before I go to bed at night. Um, I try to do a little bit of hip flexor strengthening. Um, So that can be... um, marching and marching with a weight on your foot or a band around your foot to give some resistance. Um, It can be uh, some people really like to do long sitting where you lift your leg, keep your leg straight and you lift it up and over a yoga block, a toy, uh, whatever. Um, And then once you've strengthened it, you also want to make sure that you stretch it, right? Because these tight muscles, a lot of times it's a combination of it doesn't get stretched enough and it's not strong enough right? So your body is saying it's not, you don't have enough control to go through that range of motion yet. So you have to make sure you strengthen it, but you also want to stretch it. Um, So I like to have people stretch their hip flexors. Um, So you can do that either in a, like a yoga type lunge where one leg is in front and Mm -hmm. one leg goes back and you should feel that right on the front of your hip. Um, Or depending on what you have access to, you can do it laying on your back. Um, I do it off the side of my bed, but not everyone has a bed that's conducive to that. But so you let one let you lay on your back and let one leg hang down off the bed and then that drops down and back. And you can also get a really nice hip flexor stretch that way. Um, So that's one of the main ones for riders. And then to work on like hip external internal rotation, because there's a lot of that that needs to happen. Right. My leg goes on. My leg goes off. I close my whatever to send the horse over. Um, so I'll do a lot of work with bands. I like resistance bands because they give you resistance through the whole movement, right? We're horseback riders. We're not power lifters. So I don't necessarily need to be able to move 
you know, a hundred pounds of force, but I need to have control through that whole range of motion as I'm affecting what the horse is doing. Um, so I'll put, um, just a band around my thigh and work on rolling my thigh in, into the band and then also rolling my thigh out, um, just to kind of get a little bit of resistance there. And then I really like a, a piriformis stretch. There's a bunch of different ways to do that. One of the most popular ones is a figure four stretch, right? So a lot Mm -hmm. of people heard of this where you cross the one leg over and then you lean a little forward. That's a good way to do it. Um, I also really like stretching it where you're laying on your back and you're bringing your knee towards your opposite shoulder. So you kind of grab that knee and you bring it up and over, and that's going to also get your piriformis and all of your rotators of your hip a really nice stretch. Um, So if you're only going to do two, those are the big ones. And um, anytime that you can do a squat as a rider is going to be beneficial. <laughs> so that's my two cents. I know nobody really loves a squat program, but we spend so much of our time as riders in that kind of position. A squat is a really nice total body workout. Um, so if you can squat, you're, in, you're doing yourself a favor. So we all got to start doing squats. Yeah, you're going to everybody. But what I tell you too is it doesn't need to be the big, deep squat that you're doing. Because as a rider, we don't really, our knees and our hips don't close much past 90 ever, right? I don't think we ever get to 90. And that's even in jumpers and all that kind of stuff. Our knee angle doesn't close that much. So it, it can be a smaller squat. It's almost like a ballerina plie, right? And it doesn't need to go all the way down to the ground. It just needs to be in that small, like almost like a posting trot movement because that's where we as riders want to be strong, right? So there's nothing wrong with doing a full squat, but if your knees say no thank you or your back says no thank you or whatever, do it in the the motion, the range of motion that you have. Um, and as you do it, you'll get more range of motion. But I never tell people to squat all the way to the floor, not not for riding. I mean, there's there's wonderful reasons to be able to squat to the floor, but you don't need that for riding. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Um, you know, sometimes when we get on the saddle, we're so focused on like, okay, how's my horse? Like, where's his frame at? Like how, like, we're just so focused on the horse sometimes. And I do think that sometimes we compromise alignment based on, what the horse needs in that specific moment or things like that. But what is something that our listeners right now can just apply, like something to have in mind for them as a rider? Like when you get on the saddle, all right, focus on your horse, but also focus on yourself. Like what should riders be thinking about um, like in specific for alignment? Like what are those top things that you would say? Yeah. So I think the first thing I always tell people is warm up your horse first, right? So if you have like a crazy horse that needs to go work before you clue into yourself, that's fine. Go, go work that. But as you are warming up, one of the most important things is, am I sitting evenly in the saddle? Do Mm -hmm. I know where my seat bones are? Right. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people have said, I don't even, I can't even feel my seat bones. Right. So that's something that you can do out of the saddle as well. Right. So if you sit on not your sofa, but like a firmer surface, right? Like, so a firmer chair or, you know, whatever. And you really kind of get under there and make sure you got to sometimes move your glutes out of the way, but you want to know what your seat bones feel like. And you want to know, can I sit evenly on them, right? So one of the things I give people is I call it a clock exercise. So if you imagine you're sitting on the clock, can you roll your hips forward 
to where 12 o'clock would be on a clock? Can you shift a little to side to side? And then you apply that into the saddle as well, right? Because just like no human is even, no horse is even, right? And so if you're lucky enough to have two horses to ride, horse A is going to put you in a very different place than horse B is going to put you. That's just the nature of things. But if you can know where you're sitting evenly, everything else can stem from that, right? So if I can find my seat bones and I can sit evenly on my seat bones and then are my legs draping down around my horse evenly side to side, do I have the same amount of weight in my stirrups as I'm walking, right? So start at your seat bones and then kind of go that way. And then if you notice asymmetries or you notice that things are not the same from side to side, is it something that is just today, right? So we wake up and things are tight and things are sore. So is it just today that I'm noticing that I'm really sitting hard on my left seat bone, or I can't really find my weight into my right stirrup? Or is this something that's becoming a pattern, right? So I think a lot of us use the barn as as a place to escape, right? A place to get away from the real world. So they don't always want to check in and, and see how things are going. So if you need to just go ride, go ride. But it's not a bad idea to do that kind of, it only takes, once you get in the habit of doing it, it only takes a minute or two just to check in. What is my body doing? Am I sitting evenly? Am I reaching down for my stirrups evenly? Are my shoulders down and back? Or are they held up here because I was sitting in traffic getting to the barn, right? Um, <laughs> So even taking a couple of deep breaths, right? It sounds silly, but am I breathing down into my diaphragm or am I breathing up here in my, in my, you know, in my upper rib cage? Um, because I'm, I'm stressed, right? When we're stressed, we take these kind of more rapid, shallow breaths. But if I'm engaging all the things that I'm supposed to engage and my muscles are working correctly, I should actually, and we all should be breathing down into our lower rib cage, right? We should be able to feel our stomachs expand and contract when we move. So those are the kind of things that I would have people just check into. Am I sitting evenly in my seat bones? Do I feel even in my stirrup side to side? Am I taking deep, full breaths? And are my shoulders up at my ears or are they down by my sides? That's a really good place to start. Um, And if you go, you know, I have no idea if I'm even, if I'm not even, I don't even know what I'm looking for. Um, Take a little video on your phone and take a peek at it or have someone that you, you know, you trust or you could have them video you. Um, Because truly, sometimes we think we're even and then we look at the video and we go, oh, my gosh, that is not how I thought it felt. That's not what I thought was going on. Um, So those are the kind of starting places. And then if it becomes a pattern then you need to start to address why it's happening and what you can strengthen and what you can stretch to kind of adjust that. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. Well, I know that, you know, we can sit here and talk about horses all day long and how we can become better, better riders. Um, But I know I don't want to take too much of your time today. So the top tip, like just one thing that somebody can apply to their ride today or tomorrow. I know you mentioned a lot of tips now, but what would be like your, just your top, top tip? Um, I think, am I sitting evenly is, is the big one, right? Okay. Because mostly for dressage riders, we spend a lot of time in the saddle, right? So am I sitting evenly on my seat bones and am I breathing fully, right? And those are two very easy things. You don't need, you know, myself, you don't need your trainer there. You don't need any of that. Just am I sitting evenly and am I breathing the way I'm supposed to be breathing? I think those are the two big ones. Love that. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Danielle, thank you so much for joining us today. 
What is the best way for our listeners to reach out and get in touch with you um, if they'd like to work with you? Yeah, absolutely. So I do uh, virtual sessions as well. So that's just another thing. But I have a I have a website, which is uh, www.dcstherapy.com. Um, my email is danielle at dcstherapy.com. Um, or you can, you know, my phone number is 561-418-7879. That goes to my cell phone. So you can text it, you can call it, you can do kind of whatever. But those are probably the best ways is either um, via email or um, I have an Instagram, I have a Facebook, whatever message way you like to message. <laughs> um, but email and text, I'll definitely get. So you can just start with those. Amazing. Perfect. Thanks so much, Danielle. Thanks so much for having me. This was so fun. Thank you. Thank you for listening in to this episode of Dressage Conversations. We hope you enjoyed this conversation and that you had some great takeaways to help you on your riding journey. If you're in the South Florida area, we would love to invite you to become a member of the SFDA if you are not already. You can learn more and join us by going to SouthFloridaDressageAssociation.org. Also, make sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you never miss an episode. Until next time, happy riding! Happy riding!